This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck. And you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Welcome to episode 27 of the How She Did That podcast. My name is Tasha Booth, your hostess with the mostest, and I am so happy that you're here today. My guest today is Abby Herman, a content strategist and content creator for service-based B2Bs who are passionate about helping businesses grow their own online visibility with the right content at the right time. She leverages her public relations and education background to help business owners develop content that educates and informs with messaging that attracts an ideal audience. Today, we're talking about how to create content that attracts your ideal client and how to make the content creation process way easier than what we sometimes make it. So let's go ask Abby how she nurtured her perfect audience. Hey, Abby, it is so nice to connect with you again. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Absolutely. Well, can you tell our audience a little bit about you? Sure. I am a content strategist and a content creator for small service-based businesses. So I primarily work with um, B2Bs that do most of their marketing online. Awesome. And we are talking about how to nurture your perfect audience today. So can we first talk about what does nurturing your audience mean? It means showing up for them, um, educating them, interacting with them, um, making sure that they know that you exist aside from your sales emails and things like that. So we're all in business to sell something. Um, We all need to make money in our business. But the most important thing is to be there and develop that relationship with people by nurturing them, by, um, you know, becoming their followers and by interacting with them, you know, when you're not trying to sell things. Yeah. So we, you and I met because we were at the same retreat, um, the mastermind retreat. And one of the things that I loved, Amy Porterfield was one of the speakers, as you know, but um, our audience may not. So one of the things that I loved that she said was, what you do when you're not launching is even more important than what you do when you're launching. And I think that launching can be like the word selling can be, you know, um, included in that launching instead of launching. And so as you're creating and cultivating those relationships, uh, you know, that, that piece is so important and that's the nurturing piece that we're going to be talking about today. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It is so important to do the thing in between those launches. Yeah. So I know that a lot of virtual support pros feel overwhelmed by the idea of content creation because they're already a lot of times creating content for their clients. And so a lot of times what they're doing for their own business kind of goes by the wayside, specifically Mm -hmm. when it comes to like writing blogs and stuff. I know that that is even like a really difficult thing for me. So first of all, do you have, does it have to be a blog? Do you have to write a blog? 
Um, not necessarily. So I'm totally in the same boat too, as someone who creates blogs and, and writes content for clients all day long, every day. <laughs> I have a really hard time. Um, it's been on my the top of my priority list the last couple of weeks is to get this one particular yes. blog out to my audience. <laughs> Um, no, you don't necessarily have to have a blog, but you do need to think about your online presence. Mm -hmm. So your audience needs to be able to like, you know, when they're coming to your website or going to your social media channels, they need to see that you're, you're active, you're still employed or you're still in business. Mm -hmm. Um, and they need to see that you're an expert in whatever it is you do and whatever you're, you're specializing in. And so I do think having that online presence is important and it needs to be something that you own also. So you don't own your followers on Facebook. You don't own your followers on um, Instagram, but you do own your email list. You own your website. So it's important to have something that, um, that belongs to you and that you have control over. So I know that people say it all the time and I'll say it again, but um, chances are Facebook is not going to go away. <laughs> in the next <laughs> right. week. But if it does, or if um, you upset the, the Facebook powers that be and they delete your account for whatever reason that's happened, I know people that it's happened to, Me too, yes. um, you know, you can't get that back. They're gone. Yeah. The followers are gone. Your account's gone, but you do own your email list and you do own your website. So I feel like you should have something, um, consistent in one of those places. Perfect. Yeah. And so for me, what I decided, because I kind of have two different audiences in, that I'm talking to, right? I have the virtual assistants and online business managers that I coach and mentor, but then I also have my agency. So those are business owners who are looking to hire a team or, you know, online business managers through my agency. And so what I've decided is that my podcast is what I have to nurture and cultivate those relationships for virtual assistants and OBMs. And then my blog posts, which are about like once a month or every two weeks or so, if I'm doing really well, <laughs> that is kind of the content that's on that I own that's on my blog or that's on my website, you know, for, for that audience. So that's what has worked for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned that too. It is possible to nurture two different audiences as long as you're doing it in different places. Like mm -hmm. your podcast would not be ideal for both of your audiences right. to decide who am I speaking to? And then you can kind of um, create your content strategy around that audience and what you want, what do you want to nurture them around? Perfect. So let's talk about once we know that we need some sort of content, how do we decide number one, what, what content vehicle that's going to be, whether it be blog posts, Facebook lives, or, you know, podcasts or whatever the case may be. And number two, what specific topics we're talking to our audience about. So it's, I feel it's really important to um, just ask them, talk to them about what they want. So figure out, first of all, you know, to figure out where you're going to publish the content. What content do they listen to? Do they read? Do they consume and create content there? So um, for example, higher end business owners are actually, let's do, do it this way. So brand new business owners who are just coming in um, probably will not be looking on LinkedIn for your content. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be looking in Facebook groups. They're going to be because they're trying to build relationships and meet people who are in a similar position. So, you know, create content in Facebook, create content on 
um, in a group or, you know, as long as you're following the group guidelines, (laughs) um, publish on your own Facebook page. And I know it's really hard to get noticed on Facebook. So that's a consideration, something you want to take into account. Um, People who are in a more corporate, if you're targeting more corporate people, they're probably not on Instagram. So I wouldn't, and you know, while Instagram is fun and I like to use it and it's a good way to um, foster relationships with people kind of at the same level as you or, you know, kind of like a biz bestie type um, relationship, that's that's probably not where your clients are. So in that case, I would look to LinkedIn if you're looking for the higher end business owners, people who are more corporate. Um, so once you've decided where they are, ask them what they want. And I, I like to uh, create a survey to send out a couple of times a, a year to, to very targeted audience members. I never send, um, and I don't recommend clients send a, um, a survey to their entire audience. I know a lot of people do, but I like to pick and choose who I send it to. I pick people who I'm working with that I love to work with because I want to continue working with people who are similar. Um, And then people who I have a relationship with, but I don't necessarily work with, Mm -hmm. but they they would be an ideal client if I was working with them. So I like to pick and choose and then offer an incentive like, um, you know, I'm going to choose one person to get a $50 gift card to Amazon because that helps them to be a little more motivated right. <laughs> to send back the survey. Um, and so, and in the survey, I ask questions like, um, you know, what's your favorite piece of content that I've put out in the last six months or, um, you know, rank, rank where you consume your content. And then I give a list of choices like podcast, YouTube videos, blog posts. Um, and this is like anybody's content, not just mine. Um, And then, you know, ask a few more questions about what they're having trouble with. It's related to your expertise, things like that. And, and that helps me to develop the ideas that I need for uh, what I'm going to be publishing in the next six to, you know, three to six months. That's perfect. And I think that having that sort of survey is really helpful also for like how you're going to create your opt-ins or what opt-ins you want to create, right? For the same reasons you want to speak to the person's pain point and how you can answer that and help them get through those pain points. So if you, that same, that same survey can be used both for your actual long form content creation, but also for the opt-ins that go along with those. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because you want them to have, well, it needs to be of interest to them. The opt-in needs to be of interest to your audience and then they need to have a quick win. So what's the win that they're looking for? And you can look to your survey results um, to help you with that. Right. I don't remember if it was you that said this. I think it was you. And even if it wasn't you, we're just going to give you the credit for this part. (laughs) Somebody at the mastermind said like, if you're, if when you give an opt-in to people, they're like, oh great, I'm going to, you know, now I have something to implement for like the next six months. Thanks so much. Then that's kind of your key that that's too big of an opt-in that you're giving them too big of a chunk. Was it you that said that? <laughs> I know it wasn't me, but I totally agree. Yes. You, you don't want to give it all away. Right. You that you're giving people to hire you. Right. Right. And then, and also because if it's not a, a super quick win, then people feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. And I, now I have something else huge to do. And they may want to take the time to implement it before they come and actually hire you to do the whole thing. Right. Right, right. And having that quick win. So something that they can do just right away gives them more incentive to keep following you. Well, if she gave me this for free, what else does she have out there? You know, what other things can can I learn from her? 
Um, so you want to give away just enough that they can win and and take action in their business and then enough to, but not enough that they don't need you anymore. Right. <laughs> so what's the big <laughs> difference between when we're nurturing as virtual support pros, we don't have, you know, a lot of times we don't have courses or something big that we are offering or that's just seasonal that we're offering. Like there's no open and closed cart for us. So what's the kind of difference in how we're nurturing our audience from a, especially from an email list perspective, like how we're nurturing them from that perspective based like versus a course creator or somebody who was, you know, who had an, an open and closed cart for their, for their services or their course. Does that make sense? Do you mean as far as like what content you would be sharing in your nurturing emails? I guess what content you would be sharing or what, what journey you want to take them on. Like what, you know, are you, what are you offering in your content emails or, or how are you getting them to become on their, on your list and then become actual clients of yours? I think that that goes back to the pain points. So mm-hmm. identifying what those pain points that people have and then giving them the the tidbits of information that they need to either realize additional pain points or realize the support that you as the, the, the professional can offer to alleviate those pain points. So, um, and just thinking about the open cart, closed cart, like the course kind of piece, any anybody can take the content that they have out there and put it together in a course, whether you want to or not. So, yeah. so the person with the course, they have all this knowledge and all this information. All they did was take it and they put it in a logical sequence that made it really easy for somebody to work through their content. So if you think about your content, if, you know, if you're not creating a course, which is totally fine, mm-hmm. um, if, if you're think about your content in a way that like teaches a skill in a sequential order. So maybe it's, or not even teaches a skill, but realizes that pain point and then gives you that, that, um, win. So for example, if somebody, if, if somebody does, um, like create systems in Dubsado, I'll just use that as an example. If that's your expertise, then, okay, well, you need to have a um, you being the bis- the main mm-hmm. business owner, the person you're targeting needs to have realized that oh my god I have I have you know these PDFs that I'm sending here and these questionnaires that I'm sending there and then I'm in QuickBooks online to send my um, invoices and all that and here's a solution Dubsado and if you have an affiliate link even better because you can earn income on that right so you can put it all together. And um, so talking about Dubsado and the solutions that it offers and then how to, to me, so I use Dubsado and not entirely intuitive. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great system, but I've had <laughs> figuring it out. So what are some things that I can do? Well, I didn't know how to do workflows. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to set up the, the um, proposals the right way. And like some little tips and tricks that you can offer. And then somebody would say, you know, somebody, me would say, oh my gosh, this person really knows what they're talking about. I'm just going to hire her to do it for me. Right. <laughs> I don't have time. It's not my expertise. So I'll just hire somebody. So I think thinking about, like you said, that journey, mm-hmm. what are the things that the business owner needs to realize before they say, I give, 
and I'm hiring you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, and you can use your surveys to help with that. So I love it. And you also want to make sure that you are giving that call to action, right? Within yeah. your, yeah, within your email sequence and within your, your nurture content that you're saying, like, I am available to hire, <laughs> to be hired for these services, basically. Yeah. And, and within what I like to do is within your emails, you have other content. Maybe it's in Instagram, maybe it's a blog post, maybe it's a podcast. And you're always linking to that in a natural way. Mm -hmm. you know, I like if you wrote a blog post about how to update um, your contacts in Dubsado. So have, you know, direct people to that content, send people over there so that they can um, continue learning from you because the more you nurture them, the more value you give them, the more likely they are to hire you. That's awesome. So what's one thing our audience can do this week to better nurture their audiences? Send an email out. <laughs> I, think I think email marketing is the one of the most, honestly, it might be the most important thing you can do mm -hmm. because again, you own that email list. You own that you own those email addresses. Um, and it's a way to get directly in somebody's inbox. Mm -hmm. Do it in a way that's authentic and that's natural and that's not salesy, but just send an email that gives lots of value. And if you don't have an email list, then it's time to start building one. Yes, I love that. And I a thousand percent agree with you on that. <laughs> Can you tell us about the seven day challenge that you'll be sharing with our audience? Yeah, so I have a seven day challenge. It's called um, One Week to Your Welcome Sequence. And it walks you through how to develop a welcome sequence for your audience. So when people first subscribe to your list, they get whatever freebie you're giving away, but then you need to do some pre-nurture before you dump them in your regular list, <laughs> right. right? So you need to tell them who you are. You need to tell them what you have to offer. You need to give them some additional value. You can even send them to a low-level offer. Um, and so this challenge walks you through how to do that in seven days. So it's actually, when you sign up, you can do it all in one day, or you can do it in um, over the course of a week. It's broken up into seven days just to make it a little more digestible for people. Perfect. And where can we find you online? You can find me at abbymherman.com. That's my website. And um, I'm also on Facebook, Abby M. Herman with the number one at the end. <laughs> or Abby M. Herman on Instagram too. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Looking for business coaching from a virtual support pro who's been there, done that, and is rocking her biz? Check out my 90-day one-on-one coaching and mentorship program for virtual assistants and online business managers. We'll start with a strategy call and then map out a plan to catapult your business success. Get more information at thelaunchguild.com forward slash coaching. That's thelaunchguild.com forward slash coaching.